What's up? This is Levon Zarike, former University of Washington football player, and this is I already forgot. <laughs> Circling Seattle Cir- Sports Podcast. Circling Seattle's that's a tongue twister. Circling. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to episode 116 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, Charles Hammaker. This week, um, said it on the uh, Converge edition, uh, the video edition of this week's episode. It's a very, it's an odd week, simply because the two teams that are actively playing their games professionally um, had postponements because of COVID for their games. Um, so we, you know, professional, professional sports wise, you don't have any game action really. Um, and we have, pardon me, we have, uh, COVID, uh, test positive for the Seattle teams, which we didn't have any positive tests for the Seahawks at all this past season. And the Kraken didn't exist uh, as a team last season. So, uh, let's get into it. The Seahawks, we do not have a game recap for week 15 at the Rams as that game was postponed to Tuesday, the 21st, with a 4 p.m. kickoff. That'll be just about an hour or two uh, after this episode goes live. Um, so that'll, that you know, Tuesday NFL football is very bizarre, and I believe Washington and the Eagles play at the same time in the NFL, so that's just going to be insane. Uh, insane that's actually taking place at that time period you know, um, just incredibly wild. Uh, and then, so we, we immediately then go to injuries. So obviously prior to game time, the players that were placed on the COVID list ahead of the game against the Rams were wide receiver, Tyler Lockett, running backs, Alex Collins and Travis Homer, offensive guard, Pierre Olivier Lestage, uh, defensive end, Kerry Hyder Jr. Right tackle Brandon shell and, uh, cornerback, cornerbacks dj reed and mike jackson so um some key contributors there uh and it is monday at night and none of those guys have been taken off i'm sure that they can technically be taken off at the last minute but at that current time there's no indication that they will be right um and also today it was announced that neither team had any players listed with game status designations, meaning from an injury standpoint that everyone is healthy enough to play in this game against the Rams on Tuesday on both sides of the ball, outside of the players on the COVID lists. Um, it's just a frustrating situation considering that the Rams were able to essentially get this game postponed for them so they could get healthy, right? The Rams get a bunch of guys on COVID. Uh, Von Miller's on COVID, Odell Beckham Jr., Jalen Ramsey, those guys go on COVID and so the game gets postponed. Then as we get closer to game time, like Sunday, Saturday, the Seahawks get guys on COVID. Um, the Rams get Jalen Ramsey back. They get Odell Beckham Jr. They get Daryl Henderson Jr. back. No game still Tuesday. So the Seahawks have eight guys on the list right now. Key contributors. I mean, you're starting right tackle, starting cornerback. Uh, Kerry Hyder Jr. plays some key stats. Travis Homer is part of that running back depth. Tyler Lockett, you're technically, I'd say, you're, uh, you know, well, one of your top two receivers, right? Um, Alex Collins at this point has been a starting running back for this team. You know, it's uh, just a big mess. Uh, Pierre, Olivia Lestage, and Mike Jackson being practice squad guys, but it's, it's a big mess. You know, Mike Jackson probably would have come in 
uh, off the practice squad for DJ Reed for depth purposes. No one be doing that now, you know. So uh, it's just insane that this has happened. You know these these outbreaks, um, not only across you know the the NFL but also the NHL and the NBA as well. Um, just insane that this is happening. Um, so we go to team notes. Um, Canada is officially designated as the Seahawks international home market as part of the NHL, pardon me, NFL's international expansion initiative. Uh, so the NFL is really trying to brand into those international markets uh, with the Rams taking over China as their designated market. The uh, Buccaneers get Germany uh, and a couple other things. But uh, so, yeah, the NFL is trying to tap into that international market. Um, they already have games in London every year. Uh there's supposed there was a game a few years ago in Mexico City. Uh well the Raiders, I forgot who the Raiders played, but the Raiders played somebody. Um so the NFL's trying to really push that. We'll see how far that goes, just because American football isn't exactly a sport that's a worldwide thing. Obviously, you know, traditional football is that sport. Uh even basketball is something that's more widely uh around the world is something that's got a bigger reach. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes, um, around the league and around the, the, the country, the country, geez, the planet now. Um, so that is part of the team notes for the week. The other note outside of obviously the COVID issues, uh, around the team is that the university of Auburn is hiring Seahawks quarterback coach, Austin Davis to be their next offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, with these hirings, that change will take place after the course of the NFL regular, well, the NFL season, um, I would say the end of the Seahawks season, but that'll probably coincide with the regular season ending. Um, So with league related notes, uh, we have a timeline here. Wednesday, December 15th, the NFL alters the practice squad rule due to the virus outbreak. The league will allow unlimited practice squad elevations during the playoffs with COVID-19 cases rising. Uh, The same day Jaguars fired urban Meyer, Meyer, out as the Jacksonville coach after just 13 games, uh, 13 games, uh, technically only one season into his five-year deal. Uh, former Seahawks offensive coordinator uh, playing the same role for the Jaguars, Daryl Bevel, will become the interim coach for the remainder of the season. Uh, it was reported that Jaguars owner Shad Khan uh, <laughs> planned on firing Meyer prior to uh, ex-kicker Josh Lambeau saying that Meyer had kicked him uh, prior to a game, telling him to make his fucking kicks. And with that, with me directing, with me directly quoting that uh, passage, I now have to put the swear warning on this episode. Um, Meyer stated that he was devastated and heartbroken after being fired and issued an apology to Jacksonville. Um, and then the NFL also updated COVID protocols that day. The league and the NFL Players Association released a joint statement detailing the changes to the COVID-19 policy, including more targeted testing. So all tier one and tier two staff, that includes basically players, coaches, do not need to undergo COVID testing unless currently experiencing symptoms or would like to voluntarily test. Fully vaccinated players will only be tested if they show symptoms or if there is an outbreak within their team. Uh, Everyone that is not fully vaccinated uh, has to test daily. Masks are now mandatory once again. Uh, Virtual or mass meetings are in effect once again. 
Uh, no bars or clubs with more than them people are allowed for those tier one and two staff and no visitors on the road are allowed for those one and two staff. Uh, Saturday, December 18th, the Rams activated six off of their COVID list. Odell Beckham Jr. and Daryl Henderson Jr. were among those activated and on track to play against the Seahawks on Tuesday. Uh, also, a little tidbit that came out, uh, the Jaguars do not intend to pay Urban Meyer uh, the remaining four years on his contract, um, citing, citing that he was fired for cause. The league also altered COVID-19 protocols again, the league and union agreeing to stop mandatory testing for asymptomatic vaccinated players. Um, And then Monday, the 19th. uh, No, Monday, the 20th. My goodness, my timeline's off here. My dates are off. Uh, 47 players were added to the COVID list. A huge surge of players were added to the COVID list on Monday. And then the Washington football team has seven of their coaches on the COVID list. The team is adjusting to adjusting these duties to assistance, including Jennifer King, who will become the second and uh, second female game day coach in league history. So looking over here, the record still sits at five and eight for our Seahawks. They are fourth in the NFC West still. Um, and with the 49ers beating the Falcons over the past week, it's not like that's going to change. Um, Looking ahead, so the Seahawks will play week 15, December 21st at the L.A. Rams in SoFi Stadium with a 4 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. Uh, Week 16, December 26th versus Chicago Bears with a 1.05 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. So you see there, there's a five-day difference between those games. That is not good. You're going to see probably some injuries uh, between those two weeks, maybe some significant ones outside of the COVID list itself. Um, five days of recovery is not a good thing. Uh, It's a reason why players hate the Thursday night games uh, due to the shorter recovery times that it takes, right? Uh, Shorter days to recover, shorter days to game plan. It's not something that the players actually like. Um, Normally on a Tuesday, right? The teams would be getting in their first day of practice for the week. You know, Monday tends to be an off day. Um, not going to get an update this week. So uh, for a team that's fighting to get a positive record, uh, go to over 500, let alone um, try to fight for the 2.4% that you have for a playoff spot. These next two weeks don't look good for Seattle. Um, I already had them written off a few weeks ago, right? Um, but this, you know, for anybody who's still believing, holding on all their faith and their marbles, they're still holding on to them. I just, it doesn't look good. Um, but I've seen crazier things before, so we'll see how it goes. As we transition over to our Mariners here, continuing their offseason, still dealing with the MLB lockout. Uh, we do have some league-related notes that surround that. Uh, Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association met on Thursday. Both sides met for the first time since the lockout began, but they were doing so in order to talk about non-core economic issues. With that announcement comes the news that the MLB lockout is likely to extend into 2022. Uh, Major, League Player, Major, League, Major League Baseball Players Association and league owners are unlikely to talk about key issues until January, so Sticking with that trend obviously doesn't sound, you know, as we get towards the end of the month of December here in 2021, 
doesn't really, I guess, sound like the league or the players association really want to get into those issues or talk about that. So that's something that we're going to have to see pushed back. And the league is facing a lawsuit. Major League Baseball is being sued over the 2019 plan that eliminated 40 minor league Cubs. Uh, that was sort of coinciding with the, uh, I believe there was a move also with uh, the pandemic. A lot of major league teams had to cut ties with minor league teams as they just, they couldn't afford them. Um, so and that's why we see the the standard is now triple A, double A, single A ball. And then there's a smaller uh, Dominican leagues, fall leagues, um, and smaller. It used to be a lot more is the point being. Uh, looking ahead, MLB lockout seems to be what we're looking at, folks, until 2022. Uh, so just, you know, willing that, this gets taken care of, you know, if you can somehow take care of everything prior to February, that would just be really ideal. Um, with that being said, it is your time to check out Hom Seattle. Hom says you're back in the loving big brother kind of way. Our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time. Uh, I know race and Hom's just had a pop-up at the, uh, the cathedral out in Ballard. Um, they always have exclusives at the pop-up. So I would follow Homs on Instagram, Homs, H-O-M-S-S-E-A-T-T-L-E.com. I mean, it's a really cool brand to follow. I don't know if, I don't think any of them get posted online. Uh, so that's why it, it's so great to go to those pop-ups. I just haven't been able, I've been working, unfortunately. Uh, but the Baby Blue, uh, still have some Baby Blue, uh, lo- uh, parts of the Baby Blue line that dropped the Baby Blue hoodie. The baby blue jogger pants and the baby blue socks are still available. The pink beanie and the baby blue vintage cap sold out. Uh, so that hoodie jogger and the socks still available. Uh, the medium hoodie sold out. Gosh, dang it. Small still available. Large still available. XL still available. And two XL. Oh, medium. Damn. Of course. How convenient. Um but yes, go check out Ham Seattle. That is H O M S S E A T T L E dot com. Ham Seattle, go check them out. Um, with that piece about Homs, we now check into the Sounders news as they continue their off season, which is going to be a short off season. Um, the Sounders 2022 schedule was announced over the past week. That season beginning at home on February 27th versus Nashville FC. We will take you through the full list here. Uh, the next game is March 5th at Real Salt Lake, March 12th versus LA Galaxy, March 20th at Austin FC, April 2nd at Minnesota United, April 9th versus FC Cincinnati, April 16th versus Inter Miami FC, April 23rd at San Jose Earthquakes, April 30th versus Vancouver Whitecaps, May 7th at FC Dallas, May 15th versus Minnesota United, May 18th at Houston Dynamo. Um, May 22nd at Colorado Rapids. May 29th versus Charlotte FC. The expansion side there gets their first chance at Seattle after not taking any of Seattle players in the expansion draft. June 18th versus LAFC. June 25th versus Sporting Kansas City. June 29th versus Montreal. July 2nd at Toronto FC. July 9th versus Portland, July 13th at Nashville, 
July 16th at Chicago, July 23rd versus Colorado, July 29th at LAFC, August 2nd versus FC Dallas, August 6th at Atlanta United, August 14th versus Real Salt Lake, August 19th at LA Galaxy, August 26th against Portland uh, on the road, August 31st at Orlando City, uh, September 4th versus Houston, September 10th versus Austin, September 17th at Vancouver, October 2nd at Sporting Kansas City, and October 9th versus San Jose. So you'll notice there that it's more of a, a standard schedule, really. Um, over the past, I mean, a few years now, you know, obviously the schedule couldn't really be what it normally would have been. Um, with the COVID year, obviously you're playing really just, it seemed like the people on the West coast, um, the last year, really just a lot of the teams in the Western conference, um, yeah, a lot of the teams on the Western conference with a few exceptions here and there, um, and obviously, you know, playing uh, a cup for a cup and losing that in the final, which is fine. Um, not really, but, you know, but yeah, playing really just an, uh, a Western conference sort of schedule, not seeing Montreal, not seeing Miami, not seeing Orlando, not seeing, I don't believe we saw Nashville and not seeing Chicago, you know, um, so much more of a, a standard schedule really, um, and exciting to see them get back, but it, man, it just kind of feels weird to start in February, but all of that in preparation for the world cup, uh, that is coming up in 22, so that is uh, why that schedule is the way it is, um, I believe, with MLS Cup coming early November. Um, but yes, trying to get that uh, out of the way and scheduled accordingly. Um, so uh, Sounders schedule release out, the, out of the way now. Start scheduling games uh, while you're at it. Seattle Storm in their offseason. Uh, we do have one piece of uh, news for the Storm after felt like weeks of obviously there was a schedule release, but really nothing of substance outside of that. Uh, the storm will have the ninth overall pick in this year's upcoming draft. Um, I don't really have a, a prediction for you cause I don't really do mock drafts as much. Um, but ESPN put one out and uh, I apologize for that again. Um, with the ninth pick. ESPN has Seattle taking Ashley Jones, a guard out of Iowa State, uh, averaging 20.2 points per game, leading the Cyclones in rebounding with 9.5. Hmm, interesting. So adding a guard is what they have. And, I mean, it would make sense uh, just considering that, you know, it's unannounced yet, but if, if we're motioning towards Sue Bird playing next season, right uh that's it, probably going to be her last year i highly doubt that she plays another one just considering the fact that she's even debating playing this upcoming season um and unless she comes out this year and decides she's got a little bit left then you know it's it's like a 99 percent lock she's only going to play the next year um you're going to be down a guard uh jordan canada is then your guard i mean you had kiana williams here in and out uh as well. So if you look at, uh, we're talking about the one guard at the point guard position, uh, Jordan, Canada, Kenna Williams here and there. Um, 
it's a tough decision. Um, and the Storm have to get through free agency, obviously, as well. Uh, and, and the draft itself is not until April. So this will change. I mean, we're just getting this now. The lottery just happened on the 19th for the draft. Um, we're not going to really be able to make a conscious decision until it really shakes out what the team needs um, after free agency, it seems, right? So that'll be something to note. Uh, this is your time to check out Maestro Athletics. That is M-A-E. S-T-R-O-A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-S, Maestro Athletics. Go and check out. They just released a new Rub the Town hoodie that comes in heather gray and navy blue. Uh, again, I think we talked about it last week, really represents what we do here uh, with Circling Seattle Sports, having all the different teams, uh, a letter really from a bunch of the different teams uh, in their respective fonts. So moving over to our Kraken here. The uh, Kraken, kind of a frustrating past week for a multitude of reasons. Uh, it doesn't just include that the fact that the team is still uh, losing games because of their own mental mistakes that have not been fixed since the beginning of the season, really an exception to that seven-game stretch. They beat the top three, top three teams in the league in Florida, Carolina, um, shoot, uh, yeah, Florida, Carolina, and Washington then beating Buffalo seven to four and beating Edmonton at home uh, outside of that seven game stretch. Uh, some mental mistakes just continue to happen and it becomes difficult as a journalist. What do I write about? You know, it's just like, okay, well, again, they did the same thing, you know, it it's tough. Um, but anyway, we'll get to the teams here. December 14th at San Jose, uh, and the team's first road trip to California in franchise history. They would win that game against San Jose on the road, 3-1, to one, play the game. Cali Yarncroc uh, with one goal, one assist, two points, a two-plus-minus, and one shot on goal. December 15th at the Anaheim Ducks. The team would lose that game 1-4. to four. The league, not league, the division-leading Ducks would beat Seattle. Uh, player of the game would be Ryan Donato with one goal, one point, two shots on goal. Uh, December 18th versus the Edmonton Oilers at home. They would lose that game three to five. Player of the game would be Jordan Everly with two assists, two points, a one plus minus, and one shot on goal. Uh, December 19th versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. That game was postponed due to Toronto having too many uh, players on the COVID list. And I I say Toronto saying too many players in an, in an emphasized way because uh, the game that was supposed to be played tomorrow on the 21st, the will be today. If you listen to this one, it's out, obviously. Um, that game against Arizona has been canceled due to the Kraken have too many players in COVID protocols. Um, so we'll, we'll just go through the NHL timeline here. Uh, in league news on Tuesday, December 14th, there were 30 players in COVID protocols NFL, NFL. NHL is dealing with a huge outbreak, I say, is you know, it, it sounds like a record on repeat. We're talking about these two timelines of COVID protocols uh, for the two different leagues. Uh, so Tuesday's matchup of the Carolina Hurricanes versus Minnesota Wild was postponed. Wednesday, the 15th, the NHL ramps up COVID protocols. Uh, with these new protocols will be in effect until January 7th, including daily testing and masking, as well as physical distancing inside of facilities. Thursday, the 16th, the Canadians and Flyers would play their game Thursday in Montreal in front of an empty arena among COVID. Uh, due to COVID, oh wait, 
amidst COVID concerns. Okay, I was looking for the word there and I completely spaced. Um, goodness, I was like, what is that word? Um, Friday, uh, the NHL took three teams off the ice at first. Uh, all games, including the Calgary Flames, Florida Panthers, and Colorado Avalanche were postponed through Christmas due to COVID concerns. Uh, also that day, potential Olympics uh, in limbo for the NHL players. The NHL players are wary of the Olympic quarantine rules pr- uh, before the January 10th deadline to decide to play in the Winter Games. And then the last piece of news from Friday was that Bill Guerin uh, is named the new USA Hockey General Manager, replacing Stan Bowman, who was removed for his role in the 2010 Blackhawks uh, sexual assault cover-up and scandal. Uh Saturday, the 18th, uh, the NHL postpones the next two games for the Toronto Maple Leafs and Vancouver Canucks. Later in the same day, they would do the same uh, for the Boston Bruins and Nashville Predators. On Sunday, the NHL halted cross-border travel, uh, suspending cross-border travel until after the holiday break. Olympic participation, their uh, decision expected in the coming days. So by the time that next week episode Next week's episode comes out. More than likely, we will know if NHL players are playing in the Olympics or not. Uh, more than likely not. Uh, the NHL and the NHL Players Association, players Association met uh, and agreed to continue the season. Both sides agreeing to continue the season, uh, but postpone cross-border games uh, through break and still deciding on the Olympics. And then Monday, uh, the NHL players are likely missing the Olympics. An early morning report stated that the NHL is sending players the NHL sending players to participate in Beijing is highly unlikely. And then the NHL suspend operations through the holiday break. Uh, the NHL and NHL Players Association agreed to suspend all operations and will reopen facilities on December 26th, starting games back up the following day. Um, so, I mean, if we look at the Kraken schedule here, uh, you know, you missed the last two games uh, with games being postponed. The next games would be Monday, that Monday following the 26th resumption uh, of uh, operations uh, in Vancouver, right, uh, against the Canucks, Monday, December 27th versus the Canucks at 7 o'clock. Then Wednesday, the 29th, back home against the Flyers. Uh, Thursday against Calgary on the 30th. And then Saturday, the 1st, against the Canucks. Um, so you're playing three Canadian teams in your next four games. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, that could be uh, could be an issue. Well, that being said, the Kraken record now sits at 10 wins, 17 losses, and three overtime losses, resulting in 23 points for our boys. Uh, sitting at eighth in the division still. So looking ahead, the next real game that these guys have is December 27th at Vancouver. So tough news. Uh, for the most part, uh, for the teams that are still playing. But to get back to news for teams that aren't actively playing, we head over to our OL Reign, who uh, had a special press conference on Wednesday, December 15th. I remember getting the email the afternoon of the 14th, announcing that there would be a press conference and that I was invited to attend. I said, oh, very interesting. And I saw that it was at Lumen Field. I said, why would they hold a press conference at Lumen Field? And it would be announced officially at about 11.04 that the 
that Lumen Field will serve as the new home of the club beginning in the year 2022. So we get into details. The emphasis, there was a large emphasis on the quote that world-class players deserve a world-class stadium. Uh, the initial discussions and thought to bring the rain to Lumen began all the way back in 2016, but by then it wasn't financially viable uh, yet. Um, all home games, including Challenge Cup, which is the preseason uh, in the NWSL, uh, regular season games and playoff games will all be played at Lumen Field. It is a multi-year lease. Uh, the exact number of years has not yet been revealed, but it, it, it's, it was pretty much in, in inferred that the stadium is now going to effectively be the home field for the rain for the foreseeable future. Um, it's something that the players were so uh, excited about. Uh, no players were in attendance for this press conference, but head coach Laura Harvey was, and she was excited about it. She said she didn't live in Tacoma. She only lived in Seattle uh, since she's been coach of the, of the rain. Um, there it is important to note though that Tacoma will still have uh will still be of significance to the club uh as the rain still hold uh several ties to the community itself uh in different uh supporting different charities and such uh supporting the black future co-op fund uh some some of the players still living in Tacoma right um and the practice facility being down in Tacoma as the rain wanted to see about training at starfire um but because of starfire already hosting uh the sounders for training and the seattle seawolves there's just no time uh for there to be uh the rain for the rain to trap to train there um so that is big news that is exciting news and uh not only exciting to get these women uh a facility that they deserve but also the fact that i don't have to travel down to tacoma for the games anymore um which is great so um i know that season tickets already went on sale uh for the baseline like the standard seats right uh you're paying twenty dollars Hello, hello, hello. Sorry, I accidentally knocked my wire out uh, uh, for my microphone. Um, baseline prices for these season tickets are, I believe, $25 per ticket. It's pretty good to go and watch these world-class women play world-class soccer in a world-class stadium. So I would get on that if I were you. I will be in the press box. You'll more than likely be able to see me there. If you let me know, you'll be there. Um so anyway, continuing with the team news, there's a lot to go over here. Uh, on Thursday the 16th, the expansion draft took place, and the two players selected from the rain were midfielder Danny Weatherholt and defender Kristen McNabb. Uh, suck to see Kristen go as someone who interviewed her for the Seattle interview series. Go and check that out on the Circling Sales Sports YouTube. Um, sucks because Kristen was really nice, uh, club veteran, uh, but it seemed like uh, in speaking with being at the press conference, uh, I was told through another buddy that was there that Harvey was look, head coach Laura Harvey was telling the players if hey, if the teams are talking to you uh, in the expansion draft, then feel free to talk to them. That is uh, to the unprotected players at least. 
that is your right, you know. Uh, and it sounded like Denny Weatherholt was really excited to get down to California. Uh, so Angel City FC, they see that's the LA expansion team, selects Weatherholt with the first overall pick in the expansion draft. And the San Diego Wave selected Kristen McNabb with the fourth overall pick. So uh, best of luck to Danny and Kristen, and a big thank you for all your contributions. Danny was uh, huge in the collaboration with the Black Future Co-op Fund, and Kristen McNabb has always been somebody that the club seemed to love and be, seemed to be a great teammate and was kind to me. So I can only, you know, show my appreciation for her as well. Uh, Saturday, December 18th, uh, the draft took place and that there's a whole mess of news here. Um, uh, there's a whole, whole collection of news um, surrounding the draft. So let's get through it. The rain uh, before the draft, right around the time that the draft was supposed to take place, the rain acquired a first round draft pick from Gotham. The trade details are that the eighth overall pick would come to the rain in exchange for the rain's natural first round pick in next year's draft. In addition to $40,000 in allocation money, the next trade would be that the rain would send Kelsey hedge to the Houston dash. Houston would get hedge in exchange for their 21st overall pick in the 2022 draft and $15,000 in allocation money. It was also around this time that the league would announce the preliminary framework for the 2022 season, which is really odd to do to announce sort of schedules changes and schedule announcements during the draft. Um, But regardless, the 10th anniversary season will include 132 matches uh, as well as the third annual NWSL Challenge Cup. Um, preseason begins on February 1st, meaning that uh, players uh, will report to their teams on February 1st uh, to begin preseason. Uh, the season kicks off on set Saturday, March 19th. The NWSL Challenge Cup final will take place on Saturday, May 7th. It is the first balanced schedule in league history. Uh, each team We'll play a total of 28 matches, uh, 14 of them home, at court, of course, and 14 on the road. Uh, the full league schedule will be, will be released at a later date. Uh, so we're looking for that specifically. That's kind of the big, that's what everybody's waiting for, uh, the falls NWSL, but good to get some framework at least. Uh, six teams will qualify for the playoffs that will begin in October with the two highest seeds receiving a first round bye and the NWSL championship game will take place on the weekend of October 28th through 30th. So good to get some framework there, but again, really waiting for the league schedule. I I need that so I can put it in the calendar um, and know when I can get back. Um, Okay. Another trade, the rain acquired defender Phoebe McLaren in a trade with the Orlando pride, the trade details of that, exchange would be that the rain send the 10th overall pick in the draft all right it's natural second round pick in next year's draft forward Leia pruitt and defender celia to orlando in exchange for defender phoebe mclaren i don't know why i said that with an accent and the 15th overall pick so if you're doing the little thing i'm doing where i'm counting the number of players and uh, picks in exchange for the other on their fingers Phoebe McLaren and the 15th overall pick, uh, it's two to four. And it's two players, two first and second round draft picks, two two high picks, sorry, in exchange for a player and the 15th overall pick. 
I know that the rain are heavy on forwards and have some heavy defenders wise, but Celia never really got a chance. It felt like, whoa, voice crack with the rain. And so that was a little upsetting to see her traded. Um, but uh, I don't know. It, the, the reaction from the Orlando fans was that they were really not happy that she had been traded. Um, so ultimately, I guess we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then also the 15th overall pick was then flipped to the Washington Spirit in exchange for $85,000 in allocation money. Um, but yeah, that, that trade was a little bit of a head scratcher to me. Uh, that's going to be interesting. Um, that We'll see how that plays out because, um, you know, it, uh, uh, for right wing back, you've got Sofia Huerta. Uh, the center back positions, it really seems like Laura Harvey likes having Lou Barnes and Alana Cook back there. Um, you'll have to find a new starter at the other outside back position to replace Kristen McNabb, who was playing at that spot. Um, but I'm interested to see where McLaren fits in here. Um, but ultimately, her Harvey's back. It's her chance to build the roster again in her image. So we'll see how that goes. So getting to the actual draft after all of those trades, um, the rain selected six players in the 2022 NWSL draft. Uh, The first pick uh, for the rain was the eighth overall pick being Sani Kajan, a forward out of St. John's. She's already had uh, some international team experience. The 20th overall pick would be Claudia Dickey, a goalkeeper out of the university of Northern Carolina. Uh, the 21st overall pick would be Ryan Brown. Ryan Brown, interesting. Uh, she's a forward traditionally, uh, position-wise, out of Wake Forest. But she saw action at midfield and right back as well. So some versatility there that the brain might see as an attractive thing. Uh, the 32nd overall pick being Kaylee Halverson, a forward out of Santa Clara University, winning a national championship in 2020. Uh, the 33rd overall pick being... University of Washington Husky and midfielder Olivia Vanderyat. Uh, that pick's exciting to me just because it's a Husky, you know, get to stay in Seattle. Um, and then the 47th overall pick being Marley Canales, a midfielder out of UCLA. So, goodness, a lot of team news for our reign here. Um, and then only one piece of uh, league news to look at here, the U.S. Soccer uh, Federation and the U.S. Women's National Team reach a deal regarding league allocation. The U.S. Soccer Federation will end the current allocation system for player salaries to play in the NWSL, giving the team, giving the players more freedom uh, where to play club-wise. So with that being said, we're looking ahead to the preseason, similar to Sounders. I mean, it all begins in February. Uh, so looking ahead uh, for our pro soccer back here really fully in Seattle. Uh, so that'll be exciting. Yeah, I, I was most excited by the rain news this week. That's really cool. Um, it'd be great to have him back in Seattle, really. Uh, no Sonics news, no Dragons news. Uh, as we head into UW athletics here, the football team did have a slew of personnel schedule, uh, and some college football news as a whole. Uh, on Wednesday, December 15th, it would be announced that Michael Penix Jr. will join the Huskies. The former Indiana quarterback is join, going to the Huskies, uh, rejoining head coach Kalen DeBoer. DeBoer was Indiana's offensive coordinator in 2019, so there is the obvious uh, pass there between the two, 
And then also that day, the Huskies added defense, a defensive back transfer. Jordan Perriman will join Washington from uh, UC Davis. And then Thursday, December 16th, the Husky schedule would be announced. Uh, so here we go. we got another schedule for you. Uh, September 3rd, the team opens up the season at home versus Kent State, playing the first of four consecutive games at home. The next one being September 10th at Portland. I mean, pardon me. Goodness gracious. September 10th versus Portland State. Uh, September 17th versus Michigan State. And September 24th versus Stanford. Now, those last two games are pretty tough. Um, but I do want to highlight that Portland State game. Uh, over the past year, uh, former O'Day alumni uh, VJ Malo at Portland State played a hell of a year. Uh, top of the uh, FCS in sacks, tackles for losses. Uh, big shout out to VJ there. Had a great past year. Um, and then, so anyways, getting back to Huskies news, the team's first two road games will be August. For, uh, pardon me, August. October 1st at UCLA and October 8th at Arizona State. Uh, then coming home to play Arizona October 15th, going back on the road October 22nd at California. October 29th, that is a off week. Then playing Oregon State November 5th at home, going on the road November 12th to play the Ducks. Uh, coming back home November 19th to play the Buffaloes of Colorado. And then the Apple Cup is on the road on November 26th. Uh, if the Huskies are somehow able to turn around things that quickly, the Pac-12 championship game is on December 2nd. Uh, so the schedule there, I mean, obviously, you look at the schedule, you got to circle Michigan State. Uh, UCLA is going to be a big game. Uh, Oregon State, you got to rebound against the Beavers there. And then Oregon, obviously, Oregon and Washington State. So some revenge games, certainly. You know, the big revenge games coming towards the end of the season, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State, if you really want to count it. Um, some big games there are not playing UCLA for a while. That'll be a big game as well, as well as Michigan State. Michigan State had a great season this past year. Uh, they're going to lose uh, what seems like Heisen frontrunner. Uh, oh, shoot, I forgot his name. Ooh, I believe something Walker. Give me one second. Michigan State football. Hmm. Kenneth Walker, the third. Yes, that running back uh, had a great year, uh, and I believe he's headed to the draft. Um, so I won't have to worry about him at least. Um, but continuing with team news, Saturday, December 18th, Kalen DeBoer adds five former Fresno State coaches to his coaching staff after the Bulldogs Bowl win. Uh, Lee Marks will be the new running back coach for the Huskies. William Inge will be a co-defensive coordinator and the linebackers coach. Chuck Morrell will be the other co-defensive coordinator and the safeties coach. Eric Schmidt will be the defensive end and special teams coach. And Rong McKeefery will be the strength and conditioning coach. So filling out the coaching staff there. Um, and then in college football news as a whole, uh, former Auburn quarterback Bo Nix transfers to Oregon. Uh, the new duck threw 39 touchdowns, 7,200 yards in his three seasons with the Tigers. And then the Pac-12 forms an alumni council. The first iteration of the council will feature Brendan Cooks and Zach Ertz among the active members of this new group still playing. Uh, they will discuss new ways 
to improve the football product of the conference. Heading over to basketball here on the men's side, uh, played their game December 18th versus Seattle U, winning that game 64 to 56. Player of the game would be Emmett Matthews Jr. with 17 points, 11 rebounds, and one block. So now the team's record sits at five and four, and their next game is December 21st versus Utah Valley with a 6 p.m. tip off. On the women's side of things, they played two games over the past week, uh, December 18th versus Eastern Washington, uh, winning that game 62 to 59. Player of the game would be Lauren Schwartz going off for 18 points, three rebounds, three assists, and one steal. Uh, December 20th versus Nevada, winning that game 58 to 42. Player of the game would be Haley Van Dyke uh, with 20 points, nine rebounds, two assists, and a steal. The Lady Huskies. Now sit at a five and three record. Um, their next game uh, not coming until December thirty first versus Stanford, with a seven p.m. tip off there. Baseball, no news for you. Softball, no news for you. Soccer, we'll get to the season recap next week. Uh, women's soccer, no news for you. Volleyball, we will also get that season recap for you next week, and then no news for our hockey teams as well. So, with that being said. Like I said, really kind of bizarre week um, with the two professional teams uh, not playing their games. Uh, really just kind of bizarre. Um, yeah, the Seahawks and Kraken having their games postponed. Uh, players on both of those teams having roster, uh, COVID players. Uh, MLB, the lockout still taking place. The Sounders getting their schedule announced. The Storm finding out their first round pick. The rain, probably the best news of the week, moving back to Lumen Field, uh, the entry draft, the expansion draft taking place, um, the football team of UW announcing a couple of transfers, announcing their schedule, uh, as well as announcing some coaching staff players, coaching staff additions, uh, basketball, both basketball teams going undefeated this past week, good for you guys. Um, and then outside of that, relatively quiet week. With that being said, uh, it is the holiday season. So for those celebrating the holidays this upcoming week, I want to wish you happy holidays. Uh, stay warm out there. We're expecting in the area, we're expecting some snow. Uh, how much of that will stick is left to be seen. Uh, but I, as we approach here, um, what technically, what not technically, what will be the third winter of Circling Shell Sports having started this show uh, really back in December of 2019, I want to thank everybody who continues to support. Um, as I, I, I peek at the listeners per episode every so often, um, in the past few weeks, we've really had consistent, consistently good numbers, um, which is always really cool to see. Uh, it, it's, it's great to see, um, what's been able to be accomplished um, so far in this young career of at least mine. I know Omari and Bennett are doing their own things, uh, but I also have to appreciate their contributions as well. Um, it's just so cool. Um, it's always talked about that you really want to find something that you love and work towards it and there's the always the old thing about uh working 
you you want your job to be something where you don't feel like work and obviously you know that's another thing but to to do that to be able to cover nhl hockey uh mls soccer nwsl soccer ncaa men's and women's soccer ncaa women's basketball to do that all at the young age of 20 years old um that speak with the people I've spoken with. Uh, and don't worry, we've got more interviews coming for you. I've just kind of pushed them to January because I don't want to try to squeeze in anything, you know, this week of the holidays. Um, I'm just grateful for it all. Um, excuse me. And I'm excited to see where the hell we go next. I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready to keep pushing. I'm ready to expand into the world more this upcoming year. And uh, man, Let's just fucking do it. I want to be great, and we're going to be great. And I appreciate everybody that's uh, been here as we're just a small little production. Uh, before we even had a background for the, the interviews, you know, before joining Converge, all of it, it's, it's just keep being great. So that being said, I will see you next week. By then, it will be December 27th. Happy holidays. Uh, take care, and we will see you on the next episode of Circling Seattle Sports. Baba Bowie.